Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. 916-633-1537. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. Let me be honest with you. I'm reading this book so I can get to a book. Okay? Hear me out here. I'm reading this book because down the line, there's another book in this series that I expect to be worth it. I don't know if this is going to be worth it. I don't. But down the line, shit's going to be worth it. I know they say not to judge a book by its cover. I know this. I know. And we tell the kids that all the time like the fuckers read. I know. But, God damn it. When a book's name is Stank Pussy on Fleek. You kind of want to ride. You kind of want to just, you know, give it a second look. So if I got to fight through other books to get to that book, I will. Honestly, I was thinking about just skipping past all these other books and going straight to Stank Pussy on Fleek. But it's a series. And so I was worried that if I just went there, there would be something that would pop up that was from like book one or didn't even happen like the fucking cartel. And I'd be like, what? So we're never going to find out why that nigga came back from the Bahamas? Or why, you know, they said that money was acting like Mecca for no reason, like Sorry. So to get into that, I got to get through five other books. And for what it's worth, I have the book's names right here. And I think we're going to be okay, people. I think. Because the first book, it literally says read the series in this order. So the very first book that we're doing is this one. Pussy Worth More Than Diamonds. The second book is Ho Activity. Ain't no activity like Ho Activity. That was easy. That was low-hanging fruit. I felt like I had to pick it. I felt like if I didn't, y'all would have said it anyway, and it would have been like Doherty Explorer. Like, seriously, if I said Ho Activity and then just... Y'all would have said it. See, that's me staring at the screen like Dora and shit. She did that in the movie, too. It threw me off. It was dope. That movie's good. You should check it out. So anyway, 
Pussy Worth More Than Diamonds is book one. Book two is hoe activity. Book three, no feelings for a nigga. Book four, the art of tricking. Book five, hoe activity two, electric boogaloo. See, there are certain things that I just have to put on there that otherwise, yeah, whatever. And then we get to book six, stank pussy on fleek. Book number seven is Pussy Worth More Than Diamonds 2. Book eight, Bad Bitches Be Shun As Fuck 2. And book nine, $40 and Some Henny for the Shun. Now, we're going to start here. We're going to see how this goes. This book is called Pussy Worth More Than Diamonds by Apalaka Lurchy. Or Lurky? Apalaka Lurky. We'll do that. Introduction. Deep in Miami, in a ghetto named Liberty City, there were four girls who grew up in a housing project called The Beans. They were all the finest girls in the hood that every nigga wanted to fuck. How all four of them the finest girl? I've seen Teen Witch. She literally wanted to be the most popular girl. You can't be the most popular girls. Like, there's one that's more popular than the rest. These four hoes need to fight. Just a quick battle royale. You know, nothing serious. Nothing sinister. Just whoever gets a scar on their face is no longer the prettiest hoe, and y'all just fight your way through it. Y'all got to figure this out. Have a meeting or something. A gathering of pussies on fleek. And find out what's going on. And how are these girls? See, already I'm worried. How are these girls the most beautiful girls in the hood? But the sixth book is called Stank Pussy on Fleek. Something don't match up. I'm just saying, in Top Chef, they knock you down a few rounds for that shit. They were all very close and were best friends and did everything together. They went shopping together, partied together, fought together, and had threesomes together. But there's four of them, so who the fuck had to sit down and watch? Two people didn't get in unless they were doing threesomes with each other, which, you know, do you, boo. But if they did threesomes together, that was probably implying with the dude, which meant two of them were sitting to the side like, yeah, girl. Get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. <laughs> the first was Drea. Drea grew up in foster care and never met her parents. That's what foster care means, nigga. She was given up for adoption at birth and spent her life going from home to home. Never having a real family, her homegirls are the only family she knew. She never had anyone show her true love, so it caused her to grow up emotionally needy. She was always looking for love while seeking approval. You know what? I thought about fostering kids because I saw this movie called Instant Family that just brought the tears to my eyes. And I was like, <laughs> but I just don't understand how folks can be like, have kids and then not want the kids around them. Like if you're pregnant and you have a kid, if you get married and you have kids, something like that, that's something that you make a choice for. But also you make a choice to be a foster parent. Like, you step into that ring. I'm not a foster parent, so ain't nobody throwing foster kids at me like, open your door! <sighs> Nobody's doing that shit to me because I didn't choose to be a foster parent. But if you choose to be a foster parent, you're literally getting cashed out for watching these kids because that's what some of y'all niggas, that's all you care about. 
You're making that choice. So why fuck these kids up when you're supposed to be their last line of defense? It just pisses me off. I'm sorry. Also, she's looking for love in all the wrong places. Had to get that out, too. Every time she dated a man, she would desperately do anything to attain the love she always lacked in life. She would meet a guy today and be deep in love by next week. Her emotional roller coaster will often scare many guys away from her out of fear she'd snap. She was crazy and known for keying cars, busting windows, popping up at your job or showing up at 2 a.m. with a bat on your porch and banging on your door. Other men will pick up on her need to be loved and use it to their advantage. They will sell her the dream of true love she wanted to be sold. They do this by telling her everything she wanted to hear for about two weeks. After they had sex with her, they will disappear, never calling her or seeing her again. After being ran through by multiple men and still not finding true love, she became very bitter. She would catch an attitude just looking at a man because it reminded her of all the heartbreak she had been through. She would often cuss niggas out just for saying hi to her. They put niggas with a Z. I like that. We're going places. As you can imagine, it was impossible for her to get or keep a man. If she was one of the four most beautiful women in the projects, I strongly doubt that. I strongly, strongly doubt that part. Next, there was Aisha. She grew up her whole life gossiping, starting shit. She was always talking about people behind their backs and smiling in their face. She was very nosy and would often befriend other girls in the hood just to find out their business. She did that just to talk about them. Damn. Like, that's a whole thing? Like, love them and leave them, I guess. Aisha, I'm sorry. Aisha was a go-to person if you wanted to know who was fucking who, who was broke, who got shot and why, and who was lame as fuck. She knew everybody's business. She always talked about people because she was low-key insecure within herself. Even though people always told her she was very beautiful, she always felt like she wasn't. She had a small birthmark on the right side of her forehead. She was teased about it as a kid. They probably called her Tupac. If it's like two pieces side by side. I call people Tupac. There was a kid I knew who had pockmarks and we didn't give a fuck. So yes, he got called Tupac. These things make sense when you say them out loud. So, yeah, they used to call me Lippet because I had big lips. But then you know what I did? I took them lips and I attached them to the. Yeah, never mind. Let's just say women love them. By women, I mean my wife. I don't want y'all getting no thoughts out there. Unless y'all getting thoughts out there, at which point, get it, get it, get it, get it. <laughs> get yours, nigga. Aisha, I'm sorry, I keep forgetting. Aisha would make herself feel better by talking about what was wrong with everyone else. For pockmarks? Nigga, for real? Because you got the little dimp dimps on your head? Because you got the little light skin on your forehead? Just two little spots? Unless you chocolate and you got like two bright ass marks on your forehead that look like you got vitiligo or something, you shouldn't worry about that. And that nigga Michael Jackson said that he had revitiligo. Like what the fuck is that? She was the type of pretty girl that was beautiful from head to toe, but always found something wrong with herself. She would always give play to ugly ass niggas because she felt like they would worship her. She loved the way they lusted and constantly chased after her. It made her feel wanted. Aisha always went for ugly niggas. 
because she knew they couldn't do better than her, but she could always do better than them. But you keep going back to the ugly niggas. So you don't know either. She was afraid to date a real nigga. The last time she dated a real street nigga, he was too much to deal with. He was always wanted by other women, which made her more insecure. He beat that pussy out the frame and left her for another woman while she was still in love with him. Even though she was hurt, she was still fucking him because the sex was good. After finally coming to her senses, she realized she'd rather have a lame nigga who she could manipulate. She'd rather play games with him instead of the other way around. Every time she fucked a lame, she would just pretend in her mind that it was her ex. Next, there was Marche. Marche was as ghetto as the word itself. She was loud, rude, and had no type of home training. She was always getting into fights and in and out of jail for stealing clothes out of designer stores. She was so fucking loud, people thought she had a built-in mic inside her throat. Marche was fine as hell, but always dressed like a ratchet-ass hood rat. She was pretty and ratchet. Fantastic. The $15 lace front wigs or red and blue weeds that Marche wore made her look crazy as hell. She was the type of wear a Gucci shirt with some booty shorts and some big-ass Timberlands thinking she was fresh. All that shit was stolen, of course. This girl was tatted up from head to toe, even on the face, and she's one of the four prettiest? What? Who voted? Okay. She had a tattoo under her eye in small print that said, I wish a motherfucker would. That's what I wish every bird down my cake. I swear to God. I swear to God. They don't show me shooting stars no more because they know I'm a waste on the same fucking wish. I wish a nigga would. Did you wish to win the lottery? Nope. What'd you wish for? That a nigga would. Marche was a perfect 10. Just rough around the edges. Deep down, she was a loyal person had a good heart. She just never had anyone teach her how to be a lady. Finally, there was Acura. Acura was so stuck up it wasn't even funny. This girl always had to be the center of attention. She most definitely wanted to be the most popular girl on every scene. Acura knew everybody and everybody knew her. She was Facebook and Instagram famous, mostly because of her red bone complexion and perfect looks. You can get Facebook famous? Off pictures? Acura always thought she was too good to talk to regular niggas. She always felt like she deserved top level drug dealers and ball players. Hood famous who could increase her reputation were the only guys she dated. Acura always dressed to impress. Any given day you will see her in Gucci, Prada, Chanel, or the latest trend that was hot at the time. That's a trend, nigga, yes. Why are we repeating ourselves? One of the many lames she had sweating her bought it, of course. Acura was a type to lack motivation to accomplish anything in life. She felt the good looks she had would help her breeze through life without any real education. She was always acting stuck up, but deep down she was a true freak. She loved sex in every way. She was just too embarrassed to show certain niggas her wild side. She was only a hope for certain niggas with a good face card in the streets. Every nigga in the city that was known, she fucked already. Even though Drea, Aisha, Marche, and Acura were all different, they all had the same thing in common. They were all some po-ass hoes looking for love from the right man. Chapter 1 Marlon was in night school messaging this girl named Acura on Facebook. He was completely obsessed with her. 
Ever since he went to school with her, he became completely infatuated with her. Marlon liked Acura in school, but she was never interested in him. She was always laughing at him and making fun of him instead. She never looked at him like the type of nigga she would ever consider dating. Marlon found Acura on Facebook years later after high school. He was hoping he'd get a chance with the girl he always wanted. He'd leave her inbox messages hoping she'd reply. Marlon noticed that every time he sent her a message, it always said red. That meant she was reading it and ignoring him. Marlon was pissed off about Acura's constant rejection. He knew she was a hoe that fucked all the popular niggas in school. She was passed around to every nigga that was a somebody in the hood. Marlon was just overlooked by her for some reason. He didn't understand why Acura chose niggas that would treat her like the common slut. He didn't understand why she chose to be with them over somebody like him who really liked her. Probably because you don't use deodorant. Or because you did the Naruto run through the hallways. Or because you didn't use deodorant or wash your ass. Or because you're ugly. Nigga, if she's one of the top four finest girls in the projects and you're just smart, guess what's not going to happen? This book already seems like it's written by one of them niggas, Justin Richburg. That was the nigga's name. The one who would write the pictures of the girls being like, I cheated on you because you got a little dick and no job. And then they'd be like, but I want to be your lover, baby. Marlon had enough of Acura and her picky ways. He knew that she was in the popular niggas who were swagged up. He went on Facebook and found some random dude's page who got a lot of likes from the ladies. He stole several of his pictures and made a fake Facebook profile. He added Acura as a friend and started messaging her. Not to his surprise, it worked. Acura started messaging him back and they even exchanged numbers. They talked on the phone for maybe 30 minutes and she offered him to come over. She was giving off sexual vibes like she was ready to fuck. Acura had no idea that she was really talking to Marlon on the phone. She thought she was talking to the nigga in the picture she saw, catfishing. Okay. Marlon was happy and mad at the same time. He was happy that he was finally getting a chance to meet up with Acura, but he was mad that he had to catfish her to do it. He knew she wasn't shit now after seeing her true colors. This is what helped you figure it out? Really? High school didn't show you nothing? All the unresponded to messages didn't show you nothing? Nigga, what the fuck you gonna do next? You can't show up to her house. This is the rule of catfishing. Y'all just gonna be Facebook friends for the rest of your goddamn life. You don't put yourself in this hole. Nigga, stop trying to bat out of your area. Really? Stop... Don't go chasing waterfalls. Please stick to the rivers and the lakes you're used to. That's really it. If you know she don't like you, the fuck your pursuit gonna do? It ain't gonna change shit. Cut that shit out. You look bad. He wondered for years what it was about him that made her feel like he wasn't good enough. He knew she was a hoe, yet he was constantly seeking her validation. You know, one of my favorite movies, uh, Fear of a Black Hat, said... A hoe is somebody who fucks everybody. A bitch is somebody who fucks everybody but you. A slut is somebody who won't fuck nobody that you know, but tells you all about it. And so when I look at this nigga, I feel like he's subscribing to that same mixed up ass thought that they subscribed to, which was back in like 1992 for safety purposes. Let me let y'all know that this was way back in the day movie. But he's wrong. Her autonomy does not require... You know what? I'm reading the wrong fucking book to be having these type of sermons. Marlon took the bus from his hood and still had to walk miles to see her. I would walk 
500 miles and I would walk 500 more just to see the girl that I just catfished before she slammed me face right in the door. No, nobody knows that song. It's called 500 miles, maybe 5,000. He didn't give a damn if it took four hours to get to her. He was willing to do anything to see Acura. Acura stayed in Opelika, a city in Miami, in a hood known as the Bottom. When Marlon got off the bus, he called Acura to let her know that he was there. I'm here. Where you at? Marlon asked. Walk down 151st and come all the way down to the end of the street. I'm standing outside in front of the corner store. I got on a blue shirt. She ain't. Y'all both, she know what you don't look like. Like, this ain't going to work out well. I feel bad for you already, Marlon. You're going to get shot in the face. All right, I'm going to be there in five minutes. Marlon saw the store she was talking about, and he started walking towards it. He was anxious because he knew he catfished the fuck out of Acura. He didn't know how she'd react, so he was prepared for anything. He knew she'd be disappointed, but he was hoping she'd give his duck ass a chance. It's a duck ass because when you see his ass, you duck. For those y'all who ain't sure. Acura saw Marlon walking up from a distance. When she saw Marlon, she thought he was a nigga on the picture. She was so ready to fuck tonight it wasn't even funny. She hadn't had dick in two days and it was killing her to keep her legs closed. She was ready to sit on it, spit on it, and twist on it. She was licking her lips looking at them catfish pictures. She thought she was about to fuck some raw shit. As Marlon started walking up, the fantasy quickly disappeared. She was hoping that it was just a coincidence that he was walking up. She was hoping that the nigga on them pictures was really about to arrive. The harsh reality slapped her on the face when Marlon walked up. She instantly twisted up her face. Marlon, what the fuck are you doing here? Don't tell me that was you catfishing me behind that page. Look, I only did it because you was ignoring me on my regular page. I wanted to get a chance to vibe with you. A nigga fucked up about you. Acura just rolled her eyes while Marlon stood there pouring his heart out. She wasn't trying to hear none of that shit. She wasn't interested in Marlon at all. She was pissed at the fact that he catfished her to meet with her. As much as Acura wanted to send his ass home, she decided to chill with him for a while. She was bored and there wasn't shit else to do that night. She figured why not entertain him for the night. Marlon and Acura headed back to her crib. When they got to her crib, Marlon walked in and started sweating instantly. Her house was hot as fuck. Marlon felt like he walked inside an oven. He was trying not to be rude, so we didn't mention how hot it was. But deep down inside, he was boiling like some crab legs in that shit. Damn, it's hotter than a motherfucking this shit. This poor asshole need to cut on the AC before I die in this shit, Marlon thought to himself. Not B4, just 4. F-O-R, for I die in this shit. I love it. Acura and Marlon sat on the couch talking while they were sweating their asses off. Acura's whole forehead was shiny as fuck from sweat drops. After about an hour, Acura invited Marlon inside her room. Her room was just as hot, but at least it had a fan in the window. Well, let me be real. Her room was just as hot, but at least it was a fan in the window. I like this. Acura sat down on her bed and got comfortable. Marlon knew if he made it to the bedroom, he had her. He was finally about to smash. His dreams were about to come through. Acura was thick as fuck with a fat ass. He was imagining what he was about to do to that ass. Marlon leaned in for a kiss. Acura braced herself because she had to mentally prepare herself. She had to accept she was doing this with a lame. Acura would never in a million years fuck a nigga like Marlon. 
She only fucked hood niggas and popular niggas. But this week was a slow week for her. She normally fucked four or five niggas a week. But this week, she only fucked two. She was on a dick drought and somebody had to get that pussy. Marlon kissed her and they kissed for about two minutes. He started to undress her and Acura just went with it. He was actually a good kisser so she was a little bit turned on. He took off her shirt and took her breasts out of her bra. Her titties were fat and round like some milk jugs. Jugs, you know, J-U-G-G-S. Jugs. He started sucking on them hoes one at a time. <laughs> As he sucked on her tits, Acura put her hand on the back of his head. She kept pushing his head down trying to make him eat some pussy. He wasn't there for that, so he unzipped his pants. Uh-uh-uh, nigga. You lick it before you stick it. Marlon reluctantly went down to eat the pussy. When he got to her thighs, he pulled off her panties. He was instantly slapped in the face with funky fish delight. That pussy was smelling like a tuna supreme sub. Stank pussy on fleek. I know who the book's about already. Marlon thought he walked inside a fish market when her drawers came off. He made this funny face and accurate saw it. He thought about that old ass song Dr. Dre made. The lyrics quickly popped in his mind when he smelled that pussy. Hold up, wait. All you niggas that be thinking we soft. He kept thinking, hold up, wait. Acura felt offended that he made that face. Acura got mad as fuck. He was already lame as fuck and not worth her pussy. She was doing him a favor and he was in there acting like he was surprised. She didn't care how stank that pussy was. He was supposed to shut the fuck up and eat that motherfucker, no questions asked. She didn't give a fuck if he could breathe or not. She wanted him to kill himself after she busted a good ass nut in his mouth. Accurate realized she wasn't about to fuck Marlon or get no head from him. She was horny as fuck, but she couldn't give her pussy to no lame. She had to find a way to get a nut without fucking him. Accurate started grinding against his stomach. She was bumping her clit on his stomach trying to come. She was so dramatic and over the top with that shit. She was moaning and acting like she was getting fucked hella good. Marlon saw that she was enjoying herself so much he just went with it. Acura somehow busted a nut and was finally satisfied. By the way, busted is B-U-S-S-E-D. Busts a nut. She instantly kicked Marlon out. She had no more use for him after that. Marlon left her crib feeling disappointed and relieved at the same time. He was disappointed that he didn't fuck, but relieved he didn't fuck her fishy pussy. He was also relieved he finally had some fresh air outside of her hot-ass house. Diamond. Diamond was on her way to meet up with Deja and Crescinda to have a foursome. They let her know they had a nigga named Kilo coming through to fuck them all. Kilo was a nigga that was known for fucking bitches good. He was a perfect choice. Diamond arrived at the hotel and made her way up to room 345. Kilo was paying them all $500 each so she was motivated by the money more than anything. Diamond knocked on the door and Deja answered it. When she walked inside, Kilo was already fucking Crescinda. Kilo stopped fucking Crescinda to address Diamond. Here you go. That's your 500. Now lay on the bed on your back. Let Crescinda eat your pussy while Deja eat your ass. I want to watch that shit and jack off, Kilo said. Diamond took the money and put it in her purse. Without hesitation, she quickly got naked and did as Kilo asked. Crescinda and Deja both started eating out her holes. That shit was feeling good as fuck. Diamond had two wet tongues licking her clean. She was about to come. Deja's tongue was so deep inside her ass it was unbearable. She started creaming all inside Crescinda's mouth. 
Crescenta didn't mind at all. She was getting turned on The Diamond was nothing in her mouth. It had her wanting more. Diamond's legs started twitching and her moaning got louder. She was being taken to a different height of pleasure that she never experienced. Kilo pulled out his dick ready to penetrate her. He was long and thick. His dick was slightly curved and had veins popping out of it. He slowly slid inside Diamond and started fucking her pussy deep. Kilo was so turned on watching him eat Diamond out he couldn't even last long. He was about to nut just by jacking off and watching. He only lasted two minutes in the pussy before he pulled out and popped on the side of Diamond's leg. Diamond had got so caught up in the moment she realized Kilo fucked her raw. She didn't like that because she normally didn't let tricks fuck raw. The only nigga hitting her raw was her husband, Russell. Diamond didn't want to ruin the moment by causing an argument, so she let it pass. But she made a mental note in her head to go get tested in the morning. Kilo finished fucking her and put his clothes back on. He made sure he exchanged numbers with Diamond so they could link up again. That shit had Deja hot. Kilo was supposed to be a trick for Deja. She was the one who found him. Instead, he was more interested in fucking Diamond now. This wasn't the first time this had happened to Deja. Every time a trick saw Diamond, they always wanted to fuck her more than Deja. Deja was low-key starting to take that personal. She knew Diamond looked better than her and was more desired. That created jealousy for her towards Diamond. She just played nice to make it seem like she was cool with Diamond. But deep down inside, she hated her. Then why the fuck you invite her? Didn't you set this all up? Wasn't that a you thing? Why you invite her? Diamond went to the hotel bathroom to clean herself up. She had to push out Kilo's nut to prevent herself from getting pregnant. She wasn't on the pill and she didn't want any surprise babies. Deja threw on her clothes and walked outside to the luxury balcony the hotel had. She closed the glass door behind her and made sure Diamond couldn't hear her. Deja pulled out her phone and called Diamond's husband, Russell. Deja and Crescinda were still tricking with him, so they had his number. They knew that Russell didn't know about Diamond's secret lifestyle of fucking and stripping for money. Even though Russell wasn't shit, she wanted to sabotage Diamond. Deja figured that maybe her husband would argue with her about her lifestyle and make her stop dancing. That would help her get rid of Diamond. Deja felt like it was time for him to know. She dialed his number and he answered on the third ring. Hey Deja, I'm glad you called. I'm horny again tonight. I'm going to need your services. Hey Russell, I'm calling because I have a special surprise for you. I want you to come down to the pink hole tonight to see me. I promise my surprise will blow your mind. Okay, cool. I'll be there tonight. Later that night. You know, like on Spongebob. Diamond was in the private VIP room with Derek Kerner. She was slowly riding his dick raw. She normally never fucked her tricks raw, but she made an exception for him. Derek Kerner was rich and famous. So that's two people in one day? Normally, I don't do this, but, you know, let's keep the party going, I guess. Go Jesus. Go Jesus. He was a movie star that starred in major Hollywood films. He also gave her ten bands that hit it raw. That was enough motivation to give him some raw pussy. She wasn't turning that money down. Diamond got off his dick and kneeled down in front of him. She palmed his balls with one hand and began to massage him. She slowly rubbed them while giving him direct eye contact. Yes, daddy. You like how I play with your dick? You want me to suck it for you, daddy? She took both of his balls and swallowed them whole. She began to suck on them slowly while moaning. She took her other hand and began to stroke his dick. He got hard as a rock and stood up nine inches long. Diamond didn't waste any more time stalling. She swallowed his nine-inch dick whole. She started fucking her face on it, causing herself to gag several times. 
She periodically talked dirty to him in between gags. You like how I shove your fucking dick down my throat, daddy? I love when you fuck this dirty little mouth. That's right, baby. Fuck my mouth. Give it to me nasty. Make me choke on this big ass dick. I want a gag on it, daddy. Diamond's pussy got soaking wet looking at his long chocolate dick. It was wide and thick just like she liked her dicks. She started smiling as she looked at his dick. Say dick one more time. I, I double dog dare you. Her pretty ass teeth were full of braces which had her looking super sexy to him. Ew. The brace on her teeth had her looking like an innocent schoolgirl. Ew, 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 ew. Diamond got back on top of him and started riding his soul out. Her fat brown ass just bounced up and down on his dick. Her pussy was so fucking tight it was squeezing all to come out of Derek's dick. Diamond spit in his mouth while he had it open and moaning. That was all it took to send him over the edge. What? What? That's what took him over the edge? Her spitting in his mouth? Like, nigga, that shit would make me stop. Like, oh, 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 hold up. What the fuck? Did you just spit in my mouth? Oh, stop, stop, stop the camera, stop. The fuck? You spit in my mouth. The fuck? Shit ain't sexy. The fuck you spit in my mouth? Who the fuck are you? Ew. Ew. You spit in my goddamn mouth. How would you like it if I spit in your mouth while you're moaning? I had my mouth open because I was enjoying this and you spit in my goddamn mouth. Derek went to shaking like his soul was possessed with the devil. Diamond made him come so hard, he felt like he was about to die in the VIP room. Diamond was able to jump off him just in time to prevent him from coming inside her. From spitting in his mouth? Don't even think about it. Don't get no ideas. Ain't spitting in my goddamn mouth. The fuck? Don't even think about it either, because I know... That just because I said don't even think about it, <laughs> you would try and pull that bullshit off. <laughs> I know you would. <laughs> Fucking Virgos. Don't even think about it. I mean, I'll I just kiss you and just do the little more. No, that's not what happened. I know. She was riding him. There was no kissing involved. He had his mouth open and she. I doubt she's that. She just, like, was a, ugh. yeah, that's nasty. I wouldn't want that either. Oh, my God. You spit yeah. in his fucking mouth. Don't be looking off to the side thinking about shit either. I don't like that. We got to go to counseling now. Just like that. I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, damn, that pussy is good. That's no doubt the best I ever had. I'm glad you liked it. Well, you have my number, so hit me up the next time you're in town. Or fly me out to your city. Whatever works for you. I definitely will do both. Deja and Crescinda. Deja and Crescinda were both working the floor at the pink hole. Niggas were coming in and throwing money all over the place. Nights like this were the good nights. The money was coming fast, and it was looking like they were both going home with a bag tonight. Russell walked in the club and went straight to Deja. She told him she had a surprise, and he wanted to know what that was. Russell waited while Deja danced on a customer and made her money. He waited until she was through, and then he walked up on her. He tapped her on the shoulder to get her attention. Deja, I'm here. You told me to come out for a surprise. What is it? I hope it's good. I'm glad you made it here, Russell. You came here just in time. 
I want you to look over by the VIP room. Tell me what you see. I see Derek Kerner walking out. Wait for it. Russell waited like she told him, and 30 seconds later, he saw Diamond walking out the room. It was a strip club, so she was walking around naked. Russell's jaw dropped to the floor when he realized his wife was a stripper. He was more surprised than anything. Diamond never showed him any signs of her being a hoe. He would have never expected this from her. The feeling of shock quickly turned into rage. Russell wanted answers now. Deja tried to throw even more salt in the game for Diamond. Judging by the look on your face, I'll assume you didn't know your wife was a stripper. I want to surprise you with the truth. These last couple months, Diamond's been stripping here with me and Crescinda. She's been turning tricks with us, too. We've been taking her with us when we all go sell pussy. She just had a foursome with us in a trick earlier. Russell stood there with a look of rage on his face. He now knew the ugly truth about his wife. His wife was a hoe for hire. That just sounds like a TV show like Charlie's Angels. Like Spencer for Hire. Maybe that's why I thought of it. Spencer for Hire. Also, nigga, you're there to... You're literally cheating. (sighs) We talked about this before. He didn't like that shit one bit. As much as he wanted to walk up the diamond and snatch her ass out the club, he decided not to. He knew he was too upset and he didn't want to put his hands on her. At at least that sound minds. Thank you. He decided to address her about it when she got home. Deja stood there anxious to see how Russell was going to handle his wife. What are you going to do, Russell? You know the truth now. How are you going to handle it? Come to my crib with Crescinda when you get off. I have a surprise for her ass, Russell replied. Chapter 2. That was all chapter 1. Aisha was headed to her dick appointment to link with this nigga named Jay she was fucking. Jay was an older nigga in his 40s who was somewhat playing her financier role. She was fucking him and he took care of her by giving her the shit she needed. It wasn't on no selling pussy tricking type shit. It was simply a nigga that wanted a young bad bitch on his team. He just knew he had to break bread to have her. Jay was the reason Aisha was driving the Camry she had. I ain't gonna do it every time y'all come on now. It wasn't the newest model, but it was reliable, and she didn't have a car before he bought it for her. He also made the down payment and co-signed it for her, and paid the monthly $250 car note. $250? For a Camry? A early model? Huh. Aisha wasn't really into him like that, but she was a broke bitch living in the projects. She didn't have many choices when it came to niggas with money. She was just looking for a come up like the rest of the gold digging bitches in the hood. I want you to point out on the doll where they hurt you. She needed a nigga to take care of her because times were hard. She was working a bullshit job at Family Dollar and only making $8 an hour. When Aisha pulled up to Jay's driveway, she got a call from her other boyfriend. It was a nigga named Kilo. Kilo was a nigga she was fucked up about. She was trying to get him to wife her up, but he didn't take her as seriously as she took him. Aisha answered the phone on the third ring when he called. Hello? She answered in her most seductive voice. Yo, where you at? Kilo asked. I'm at my sister's house. Why? What's up? Yeah, I ain't gonna do that voice the whole time either. That was her seductive voice. Hello? And then, so it's like when you go to a fast food restaurant, and it's like, Welcome to Taco Bell. We got, our special is the $5 burrito box. Please let us know what you want. 
And you like, yeah, nigga, that voice. I'm going to talk to that voice. So it's, welcome to Taco Bell. We got the $5 box special. Uh, please tell us what you want. And then after that, this is Carl. Like, wait, where where did that voice go? Oh, uh, that was just a recording, dog. This is Carl. So the seductive voice, that's just a recording. You ain't getting that the whole way through. Shit, I'm trying to link up with you right now if you're free. I want to put it in your life tonight. Boy, you so stupid. Okay, give me 30 minutes and I'm going to pull up on you. As soon as Aisha got off the phone with Kilo, she was reversing out of Jay's driveway to go see Kilo. Kilo had way better dick than Jay, in her opinion. She wasn't about to miss a chance to get some good dick to be laid up with some old-ass, outdated nigga. Aisha was dealing with Jay and Kilo at the same time, but neither one of them knew about the other. She needed them both for different reasons. Kilo was young, popular, and swagged up, just how she liked her niggas. He was a thug nigga, and that shit drove her crazy. He was good in bed, and she was hoping that the love was real. She was in love with him in every way possible. He was everything she wanted in a man. The only flaw Kilo had was that he was broke as fuck. He didn't have no money because he was always hanging on the block with the homeboys all day. That's why Aisha needed Jay around. Jay wasn't her type, but he was a provider. He provided the things Kilo couldn't provide for her. This is why she had to make them both feel like they were her boyfriend. She had to keep them both in the picture for what she needed. On her way to see Kilo, Aisha got a call from Jay. She thought about not answering, but that would have been suspicious because he was expecting her to be there by now. She answered the phone and put him on speaker while she drove. Where you at, Aisha? You normally would have been here by now. I had to turn around and head to the hospital. My auntie just had a heart attack. Oh man, I'm sorry to hear that. Is she going to be okay? I don't know. I'll find out when I get there. Look, my mom is calling me. I'll call you back, bae. Aisha lied. Okay, let me know how she's doing. Aisha hung up on his ass and focused on Kilo now. She wanted to get to that dick as fast as she could. Kilo called her back and she answered it again. Yeah, bae, Aisha answered. Look, bae, it's been a change of plans. I'm at the rain check you tonight. Nigga, what the fuck? I already started heading your way. What's the problem? Why can't we link tonight? I already canceled the plans I had when you called me at the last minute. I know. My bad about that, bae. Something came up in the hood. Somebody just got killed over here and they got this shit taped off over here. Nobody can come through here. This nigga is a repetitive ass writer. What you could say, and this is on like fourth grade English papers. So this is how they do it. Somebody just got killed over here and they got this shit taped off over here. Nobody can come through here. What's the best way to say this? And then under that, they'll have the other one. Hey, somebody just got killed and they got this shit taped off. Nobody can come over here. It's just best you stay home where it's safe at. I'll just link with you another day. Nigga, why we can't link? Because they got it taped off. You can still come to me. Nah, I can't leave or go outside. The police not letting anybody in or out around this area. My bad about making you come out your way. We'll just link up another time. I'm fitting ahead to bed though because I got to wake up early in the morning. Hold up, nigga. Why you can't stay on the phone? What you got to wake up early for? I got a job interview in the morning. A job interview, huh? Where you got an interview at in the morning, Kilo? Walmart. Which one? The one off 441. What position you apply for? I don't know. I just put in the application and they called me. Shit. Why you stuttering? Kilo, why is you lying? 
I'm not lying, Aisha. The fuck I gotta lie for? I got a job interview in the morning, so I gotta get some rest so I can wake up early. Okay, I'll take you then. What time you need to be there so I know what time to come? Nah, you good. Already got a ride. My homeboy gonna take me. Don't worry about it. Kilo, you full of shit. Why don't you want me to take you? What you got planned, Kilo? Man, I ain't got shit planned. Ain't no secretive shit going on. You always think a nigga lying to you about everything. Shit don't even have to be deep like that, Aisha. I think that because you do be lying about a lot of shit. Kilo, you a terrible liar. I always catch you on all your lies every time. I see you trying to play with me, but it's all good. Tell whatever bitch you trying to meet up with that I'm a dragger when I catch her. Then I'm going to fuck you up for trying me with that hoe. Damn. Aisha and Kilo got fuckboy blues. Man, here you go with that bullshit, Aisha. You always think I'm trying to meet up with a hoe. I ain't got time for this shit. You too insecure, Aisha. Nigga, I'm not insecure. I'm just not the stupid ass bitch you want me to be for you. The fuck I look like believing this bullshit you telling me. Do I look like a clown wearing a red nose that says stupid ass hoe on it? Look, my battery at 1% so my phone about to die on you. <laughs> I'm going to call you tomorrow after my job interview. Nigga, if your battery on 1%, put that shit on the fucking charger. That ain't no excuse. Aisha heard the phone hang up in her face while she was talking. She called back several times, but it just kept going straight to his voicemail. Something about his story was fishy as hell. It sounded like some bullshit, so Aisha followed her gut and kept going to his crib. When she got there, she didn't see no police or yellow tape nowhere around. This nigga just blatantly lied to me again. I swear to God, I'm going to fuck him up, she thought to herself. Aisha knew that Kilo lied to her, and that shit drove her crazy. She started obsessing over it and going crazy. She knew he was with a bitch somewhere and had her hurt and pissed at the same time. She was blowing his phone the fuck up nonstop. The more she called him with the voicemail, the madder she got. So wait, Aisha's not the crazy one. Aisha's the nosy one. She was the one who would befriend other girls to find out shit about her. She's not the crazy one. The crazy one is uh, Drea. So what exactly is happening? And... It also says that she's the one who goes after ugly niggas so they make her feel better. So, I don't get it. She was the one who had... Uh, she's Tupac. Um. Yeah, no. Okay. She was scared to date a real nigga, but she's dating Kilo. Alright. Oh, no. Which one's the one that will break niggas shit up? Was that Marche? No. Uh, I think it was Drea who would... Yeah, she would... Drea was the one who was known for keying cars and shit. So, none of the shit you're saying makes sense about fucking Aisha. I'm just saying. Diamond. And Diamond's not even in the first four, by the way. At all. I just wanted to check again. Diamond pulled up to her driveway after a long night at the club. She made 1500 that night just off dancing. That wasn't including the 500 she made earlier fucking Kilo. That wasn't including the 10 bands she made fucking Derek Kerner. She was tired as hell, but $12,000 in one day was a good day. Diamond noticed that Deja had her car parked in her driveway when she got home. She found that to be weird. Deja never popped up at her crib unannounced before. She knew it was Deja's car because her car had a small crack on the back window that she never fixed. Diamond had seen it on her car several times before. She also rode in the back seat with Deja to make hoe runs together. She could recognize her car anywhere.
Maybe it's something she needs to tell me. She probably came to the house to wait for me to get there. Russell probably invited her in or something. I don't know, she thought to herself. Diamond got out of her car and fiddled in her purse for her keys. She walked to her door and opened it. She walked in her house and heard sex noises come from the bedroom. She already knew what that meant. This nigga done lost his fucking mind. Don't tell me this nigga's in here cheating on me with some bitch. It better not be Deja. If it is, then I'm going to jail tonight, Diamond thought. These motherfuckers. Leave one dick and then get mad about the next dick. This dude, who's writing this, clearly has very low thoughts about women. I'm just stop it there. Diamond rushed to her bedroom and opened the door. As soon as she twisted the knob, she felt disrespected. Russell was fucking Deja from the back while Crescinda sucked his balls. Diamond started snapping as everybody turned their attention to her. <laughs> what the fuck is going on in here, Russell? You really in here fucking bitches in our bed? The bed I sleep in every night? You got me fucked up, nigga. I was a good woman to you our entire marriage, and this how you gonna do me? One nigga came inside you. One nigga you had to pull off of so he didn't come inside you. You're coming home to your husband, who's also cheating, and you want to feel indignant. You better just charge it to the game and try and get some money out of that nigga, too. Like, I'm going to just charge you for the pussy. That's all. That's really all it's got to be. It's a partnership. We're roommates now. You want the pussy. You got to pay for it a la carte. So next time you want it, let me know, and we'll work out a deal. Diamond, I don't want to hear that shit. You ain't no fucking good, woman. You a hoe just like the rest of these bitches. Yeah, I know about the shit you've been hiding from me. Deja and Crescinda told me everything. Damn, man. Like, you ain't got to bust them out, though. They told me about you stripping. I came down to the club earlier and saw you myself. You walked out the VIP room with Derek Kerner. Yeah, I know about that. Deja and Crescinda told me about how you go sell your pussy with them. I know everything. Don't come in here saying shit to me when you've been doing me way worse than I did you. Russell, that's a lie. I don't sell pussy or strip. You didn't see me at no club either. You saw somebody you thought was me. That's 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 the best you could come up with. At least you didn't throw a wow on that bitch. Diamond, don't insult my intelligence with your lies. You're already caught, ho. I'm not blind or a stupid bitch. I know what the fuck I saw earlier. You've been lying telling me you were working at Taco Bell. Bitch, the whole time you've been stripping and selling pussy. Dirty ass hoe. Nigga, what? You really thought she was working at Taco Bell coming home with $12,000 a fucking night? Taco Bell. The Chalupa place. The $5 burrito box joint. Taco Bell. Where you can't get Mexi Melts anymore. Or fucking Enchiritos. Or the Mexican pizza. Now I'm mad. Taco Bell. Where their grilled stuff burritos cost like $7, but you can just ask your Del Taco for them to make the shell well done, and I'll make you a grilled stuff burrito for the same thing for like 99 cents, and it tastes way better. Taco Bell, where the beans are powdered. Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Really, though, they pour their beans in the water and stir that shit up. It's wild. Taco Bell. Diamond was mad as fuck she caught Russell cheating But she was even more upset about the fact that he caught her cheating first She was pissed at Deja and Crescinda for fucking her man And telling him all her business She directed her anger at them because she saw Russell wasn't trying to hear shit she had to say Y'all puss ass hoes fake as fuck Y'all be in my face every day and got the audacity to be fucking my husband The all damn audacity Y'all bitches supposed to be my friends but y'all moving foul like this 
Bitch, fuck you and your man, ho. I'm just here for the money, bitch. I'm not sparing nobody nigga when it's a check involved. I don't give a fuck about your feelings, ho. We not friends. I only tolerated you because you work at the club with us, Deja said. Hearing Deja confess how she really felt about Diamond hurt. It was obvious now, but to hear her say it with no regard did it for Diamond. Diamond snapped and split Deja in her shit. That was a mean right cross that dropped Deja to the floor. Diamond started stomping Deja when Christina jumped in. She snuffed Diamond with a two-piece from the side. Diamond and Christina started fighting, giving Deja time to get up off the ground. Deja and Christina started jumping Diamond. Diamond couldn't defend herself against their attacks. She balled up on the ground while they stomped her out. Her husband, Russell, sat there and didn't do shit to try and stop it. He was pissed at Diamond, so he was glad they were beating her ass. He even cheered it on. Beat that hoe. She ain't had enough yet, Russell yelled. Crescinda and Deja stomped Diamond until they got tired and winded. They quickly got up out the crib before Diamond could try and fight them while they were tired. Diamond got up talking shit like she won the fight, but she got beat. Y'all hoes soft as fuck. Y'all hoes had to jump me to win. Y'all pussy as fuck. Y'all hoes can't whoop me one-on-one. -on -one. Deja and Crescinda quickly got in Deja's car and left the scene. Diamond turned her attention back to Russell now. Fuck, nigga, you green as fuck. How the fuck you just sat there and let them hoes jump me? You ain't trying to help me or nothing. Just a sorry-ass nigga. You lame as fuck and bogus as hell. I want a divorce, Diamond. You're a liar, and I can no longer trust you at all. There is no way we can still live together peacefully. Nigga, I don't give a fuck. Divorce me, bitch. I'm not happy anyway. You a broke-ass nigga who can't provide the lifestyle I want anyway. See, he doing it still. Use other words, nigga. You fucking up my whole flow. I'm over here reading ratchet shit and got to read the same word twice and I get mad. So now I'm mad like Diamond. I'm not happy anyway. You a broke ass nigga who can't provide the lifestyle I want anyway. On top of that, the sex is trash too. Boy, bye. I'll sign the papers whenever you ready. Whatever, Diamond. Just know I'm keeping the house. I'm not losing this crib when I worked hard for it. Nigga, you can keep this little ass house. I don't need you. I just made 12 bands today. Something you'll never see at one time. I'll pack my shit tonight and be gone before you know it. Diamond was so over rustling his bullshit. A part of her was glad that everything came out tonight. Now she didn't have to hide her lifestyle anymore. She didn't have to deal with him anymore. So now she could really make some serious money moves. 916-633-1537 Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com Ratchet Book Club on Twitter Ratchet Book Club on Facebook Leave a review on Spotify Takes like a few seconds Leave a review on Podchaser Copy and paste that in the good pods Copy and paste that in the Apple Podcasts You can donate to the show on Patreon.com Slash Single Simulcast Or at BuyMeACoffee.com Slash SSCast Or on the good pods app You can leave a tip in the tip jar Thank y'all so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. This book's going to be fun as fuck. I'm just going to be annoyed about him repeating himself repeatedly. See how that sounds? Still sounds better than him, though. Y'all be good. I'm going to holler at you later. Peace.
intro and outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan, and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know by now that you slipped.